Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl Podcast. I am your host, Kristen. Support for the Paranorm Girl Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. The holidays came early this year. If you are still not sure what to get the man in your life, then look no further than our friends at Manscaped. The leading men's hygiene brand just launched new products that your man will actually use, including their new shower time favorite, the Body Buffer. It's time to give your man the gift of smooth balls. Is it not? Is it not, I ask you? And also, a good shower time experience this holiday season. Get free shipping and 20% off by going to manscaped.com and using PNG at checkout. Christmas has always seemed to come earlier and earlier every year. But this year... I think I am covered. I think so. The Performance Package 4.0 includes some really cool items. The Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, a pair of anti-chafing boxers, and a really nice travel case. We just used ours on a recent out-of-town trip, actually. The Performance Package also includes the Manscaped Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology. It is also waterproof and can be used in the shower. Lee used the lawnmower the very first night it entered our house. Safe to say he was excited about it. Our household is a lot less hairy, I gotta say. Like I said, it is waterproof, it helps reduce nicks, reduces the risk of ingrown hairs, and reduces the risk of grooming accidents. And it's pretty dang quiet, uh, which any partner of a hairier partner can appreciate, I think. Nothing like trying to get some beauty rest and having your eyeballs torn wide open to what sounds like a power tool coming from your bathroom. So tis the season by loading up on Manscaped products. Get your guy, your dad, your brother, your friends the best gift of all and hygiene products he will actually use. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PNG at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code PNG at checkout. Get him something you'll both enjoy and appreciate. The gift of Manscaped. All right, my final guest for season four is a paranormal historian and researcher and a passionate educator and sharer of information, which should come as no surprise as she is also a reference, instruction, and user engagement librarian. She has authored two incredible books that definitely belong on the shelf of any student of the paranormal world, Researching the Paranormal and the Encyclopedia of Parapsychology. Courtney M. Block is my guest, and I am so thrilled to be sharing our conversation with you all. Enjoy, folks. My guest today is a librarian at Indiana University Southeast. She is a paranormal historian and the author of Researching the Paranormal and her newest publication, The Encyclopedia of Parapsychology. Uh, She also contributes and collaborates with the feminine macabre. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Courtney Block. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you for having me and for that introduction. That was I thank you. <laughs> was that was that good enough? I, I did not pre-prepare. I was just like, oh, and go. No, that was amazing. I <laughs> I'm always like it, introductions are always one of those things where I'm like, you know what? 
I appreciate it when somebody else does it because it's like that thing when you're asked to like talk about yourself, you're like, oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Well, I am going to ask you to talk about yourself um, today. (laughs) We've got a little bit of time. Uh, I'm going to ask you because you were in a really cool place right now doing a really cool thing. We're going to get to that. But um, just briefly, if you don't mind, uh, introduce yourself and, and tell us what you are all about. Yeah, so uh, like you said, my name's Courtney. I am uh, an academic librarian at Indiana University Southeast. Uh, so that's sort of what I feel like is one half of my identity. Um, and the other part is my love of the paranormal uh, and like the mystical and, and the other and the weird and, and all things strange. And um, what I've really been enjoying these past couple of years that has culminated into like my books and my writings is joining those two parts of myself um, and showing people how they can access all types of information about all types of paranormal things like, you know, newspaper articles, scholarly articles, historic figures, modern figures. Um, (laughs) I'm on a random, oh God, I'm on a random. (laughs) Are you being accosted right now? (laughs) No, Salem Salem is apparently a a busy place to be this weekend. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Well, well, you know, Courtney, um, you are kind of, uh, you're you're my spirit animal uh, because I've been reading up on you and you do a lot of, you do all the things that I love. You're you're traveling a lot. You, You write amazing books, um, the informing and the teaching on the subject to everyone else, giving them that that launch pad to really do the work themselves. Uh, And these collaborations, such as with the Feminine Macabre, it's, uh, yeah, you're my spirit animal. The end. That was it. Uh, (laughs) What are you doing in Salem? I am here with a group of contributors to the Feminine Macabre, which is a a publication, a yearly uh, publication that Amanda Woomer uh, creates and puts out. And um, Amanda organized this retreat for contributors to uh, that publication. And we are here in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, Yesterday, we had an overnight investigation at the Lizzie Borden house. And then today, we're just sort of having a a day in Salem. Oh my gosh! So you you investigate uh, hauntings as well. I, I'm going to add that to my list of why I adore you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was it was so fun to just be with um, like-minded folks mm-hmm. in a really a really uh, interesting place. Um, I hate to use the word like fun place, right? Because that's such mm-hmm. a, a tragic history. Right, right. Um, and it, it's, it, but yeah, it's, it's been a great weekend to just be uh, with these folks. That's awesome. Oh, I would love to go to Salem someday, someday. <laughs> someday. <laughs> well, uh, along with the traveling theme here, uh, you were recently at a convention. I, I believe you were speaking at this convention. Uh, not not yes. that long ago. Which which one was it, and what were you what were you there to talk about? Yeah, I was um, at the Strange Tales of the Midwest conference, mm-hmm. and that was in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And I gave a presentation 
slash workshop on the history of paranormal research, highlighting some of the figures, like historic figures uh, that investigated, you know, early psychical research, modern figures who continue the work today. And then the workshoppy part of it was um, I showed people a whole bunch of open, freely open and accessible databases where they can dig into information about all types of strange and anomalous events. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, gosh, that would have been amazing to attend. Are you going to do <laughs> uh, more workshops like that in the future? Are you hoping to? I'm, yeah, I'm really hoping to. Uh, I, I'm all about empowering people to, to know what information is out there and accessible and how to access it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, knowledge is power. Um, I, <laughs> I truly believe that. And, and also just teaching people that there is a really, really long history of people um, creatively uh, and academically uh, looking into all aspects of the paranormal. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also too, just showing people, Hey, like you can access like some of this information. You can read these reports from like the society for psychical research. Um, and here's how you can access it. And once you're there, you can access whatever other topics your little heart desires. (laughs) You know, I I say that, or I have said that quite a few times, knowledge is power. And uh, I I am not near the level that you are, but I do do my best to try to share not just the information that I relay on the show, but also where I found it. Like all all of my source lists for each episode is a mile long because I want people to see it, you know, arrive at, you know, whatever conclusion they have, you know, or, or at that information on their own you know I want them to because that's just that's just the best way to learn anyway is to you know do it yourself here's a little springboard there you go um yeah that's uh, yeah I I, I love that (laughs) I love that can you uh can you talk about because I think this specific trip it really contributed to uh some of your work if I got that right can you talk about your trip to Duke University and what you were doing (gasps) there oh my goodness yes (laughs) oh my goodness okay I I still feel like I'm processing that trip Mm -hmm. so I went to Duke University uh at the end of September first week of October uh to visit the parapsychology archives that they have uh Duke University was the site of the uh, Duke Parapsychology Lab. Some people know it as the Rhine uh, Parapsychology Lab. Um, and they, they did experiments on various aspects of psychical uh, topics like extrasensory perception, uh, psychokinesis uh, from about the 30s up until the 60s. Um, it's no longer on Duke University, but the Rhine Research Center carries out and continues that work that was started there today. Okay, so are they still holding like like experiments or just looking at parapsychology in the laboratory setting? Yeah, I know that they they put on um, you know lectures. Uh, I still think they conduct research. Um, it's much more uh, public facing nowadays. Like I think they that you can even attend uh, you know lectures and programs online. Yeah, and so I I visited the archives because I specifically wanted to learn more about a few of the figures in 
the the uh, history of that institution. Uh, in particular, a librarian, a fellow librarian, <laughs> and uh, psychical researcher, uh, Rhea White, mm -hmm. and I, I just wanted to learn more about her and her research and her life. Okay, okay, and she contributed quite a bit to to what they were doing there. Oh yes, yeah, she uh, was involved in a lot of research, in particular uh, research regarding extrasensory perception in school children, Ooh. and um, was also an editor, I believe, for the Journal uh, of the American Society for Psychical Research, and uh, was also a librarian and and just. Um, yeah. The American Society for Psychical Research, you, you touched upon something, a subject I have been diving very deeply into, remote viewing and the whole uh, history with that. Um, did, did you see any um, uh, secret, super secret, top secret things that they were doing with Ingo Swan that you could relay to me, to us? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that... I think that there were some documents in there that I found. So the, the archive collection is gigantic and it's really, it's really, really well curated. And what's really interesting is that you have to request like certain boxes four days before you even go down there. Whoa. Yeah. And so I, I did not dig into uh, the Ingo Swan stuff because <laughs> um, I, you know, even though I was there for, you know, I think I was at the archive a total of five days that week. Um, but I, you know, I took, I took scans uh, and pictures of everything. And I did come across a few things. I just haven't really gone back and, and looked at that stuff yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is this, um, like, if, if just a, a curious member of the public wanted to do what you did like is it a thing that's open to the public hey come in you want to look at the archives it's fine you know request it in advance blah 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 or or did you have special access because of you know you work in the university setting your library and that kind of thing yeah I had uh, special access with my affiliation through my university mm -hmm. but um, I believe that anybody can uh, I could be wrong but I know that you can register as a researcher and every even I had to do this that you can register as a researcher and you know explain what it is that you're researching uh, and they will get in contact with you so I, I think that if people are interested they should definitely go to the Duke University Library website and, and see, see what it's all about probably a lot of archives um, are like that especially uh, bigger collections like these that are they're really you know, um, well curated and, and really uh, monitored. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds uh, just very deep and vast collection, um, kind of overwhelming. <laughs> You'd want to go in knowing, uh, knowing kind of, you know, kind of what you're looking for, what subject. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think in general, I mean, the Duke University, like, parapsychology archives is, I feel like it's such a special collection. Um, anybody who, I would encourage anybody to reach out to, you know, their, their local public library archives, their local university archives. 
Um, a lot of them you can get access to, especially if, you know, people are, are maybe they're writing a book or they're working on podcast content or, you know, whatever it is that you're creating. I mean, just, just reach out to your library. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Good resource, period. Um, there, uh, there was another trip I wanted to touch on just ask because I, I am from New Orleans. You took oh. a road trip that uh, went through uh, New Orleans and you took some stunning photographs of the tombs. You you went to one of the cemeteries there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I was there, that was, I won't say it's one of my favorite things to walk through, you know, a grave site, but there's just something so uh, profound, uh, especially those cemeteries down there. I actually, I thought right. for a second, I was scrolling through the pics that you'd taken of, of some of the specific tombs. I thought for a second, it, there was a picture of my ancestors gravesite there no way yeah <laughs> yeah I had to like zoom in and be like oh okay that's that's not her <laughs> but she was buried in I know right yeah I, I, well you know a lot of the tombs they look alike and they've they've been there for you know years and they've they've gotten that same wear and tear that is very specific to the area um a lot of humidity a lot of a lot of wet um mm -hmm. But she's buried yes. in uh, the Metairie Cemetery. I don't know if you were able to make it over to that one, but which mm -hmm. which one specifically did you go to? I went to the St. Louis Cemetery Number Three. Oh, oh, is that uh, is that the one that's got? Um, I cannot think of the name, the priestess, the high priestess. No, I'm confusing it with was, one. Um, there's uh, those are actually um, that one is tour by like tour only you have to uh purchase a ticket um be on a tour and st louis cemetery three was open just to the public and you could you know you didn't have to pay to get in or or, or get a spot on a tour so yeah that's why i went to number three <laughs> wow wow you know um it had me thinking like people get so strange about cemeteries like I said you know I find them beautiful and peaceful but but people get a little weird about them what are your thoughts as that are going through your mind when you explore them oh gosh I find them so beautiful and I just I think that they're very peaceful uh, I find them to be very reflective places hmm. um very meditative places um also very liminal places mm -hmm. <laughs> um i honestly the 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 sort of energy that i usually just feel when i visit cemeteries is just very peaceful um very meditative very reflective i i feel like in my own sort of personal practice, <laughs> if you will. Mm -hmm. um, I feel very connected and drawn to ancestor magic and ancestor work. And so I, I always, I always feel connected to my own sort of sense of, of magic and wonder uh, when I'm in cemeteries. And I, I, I just think they're beautiful. I think they're beautiful memorials of those who have come before and, and what we will once be. And yeah. 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 Good, good place to reflect. That's a, that's a good point. Kind of where, you know, life meets death, that, that, that 
even playing field where that can happen and you can just think back and, and appreciate, you know, a, a friend of yeah. mine who's also into um, a- ancestor, uh, you know, worship and reflection and, and magic. Um, you know, they, they, every Halloween, um, they think back and just appreciate the ancestors that came before that mm, had to come yeah. before for them to even be here today. So, yeah. yeah. All right. I well, love that. <laughs> me too. Well, I, I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but I know I've only got um, a little bit of time with you. So I do want to give some time to, uh, your books, your writing, your research. <laughs> so as you were, uh, mentioning before, you are a huge supporter of folks doing their own study, their own research into the paranormal. That's That's been my biggest takeaway from looking at all that you are involved with. Like you said, you know, sharing the historic articles and the stories and your live streams on Instagram. Um, first of all, your energy to do them so consistently is admirable and I am so oh, jealous thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well thank you because I don't feel consistent so I'm glad to hear that it comes off as that <laughs> <laughs> well they're they're just uh, so much fun to watch so informative um, <laughs> <laughs> well I, I want to talk about your books but first what um, let people know what what all do you talk about on those live streams yeah thank you so typically I talk about like a newspaper article that I found or a newspaper story about perhaps about some sort of haunting uh, or, or some sort of case. Typically they are from the late 1800s or early 1900s. And um, I just, I love reading them because quite often like the language that they spoke with back then is, is, you know, much more lyrical. It's much more sort of flowery and over the top. And so that's just kind of fun and, and entertaining. Um, and also too, it just sort of brings back to life these, these names and people and events that, you know, are otherwise, uh, long gone, you know, to memory. So I, I, I find, um, I, I'm remembering like one article that I read about some people who uh, described like a, a phantom on like the railroad uh, and their experience with that. And uh, so they're usually a little whimsical, usually a little fun. You know, as I was, as I was watching through, uh, you have such an insightful, passionate way of viewing and relaying uh, info about this field and the stories that you share. And, and I felt like it doesn't make people feel odd or weird for being interested or liking it but you know rather included have you Uh, have you considered doing like a regular (laughs) broadcast like a radio show or a podcast because you know we (laughs) we need more voices like yours well well first of all that means so much um it it truly does because I um (laughs) there are more people having lots of fun across the street here um (laughs) have them join um, in I'm sure they've they've got some insight to give as well Right. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate that because I, the, one of the things that I really wanted to, to relay to people and that really inspired me to write the books that I wrote is that I, I want people to know that you're not, you know, abnormal or weird for having an interest in the paranormal and that, you know, your curiosity is valid and you have you you have you know the power to locate these resources and they're out there and so that that means a lot to me and 
I, to answer your question, I have, I have toyed with some notions. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I've toyed with the notion, but I, I uh, sometimes I'm sort of probably like a lot of us are, are stuck in that, um, that sort of, you know, social media time suck where it's like, okay, how much, how much time does this, you know, take or Ugh, yeah, that yep. take combined, you know, with the sort of imposter syndrome that the social media can so often like, you know, <laughs> trigger within us. Uh, but, but yes, I have, I have considered what might be next. <laughs> Good to hear. I am glad to hear it. And uh, I'll be looking out for that. Uh, one other <laughs> thing. Um, I, I just caught one. The last thing I watched. Um, uh, what is Wufo Wednesday? Did I get, oh, did I say that my right? Gosh. Yes. Oh my <laughs> goodness. The, okay. I'm so glad you asked me because it has to do with some of my favorite people. Um, so Wufo Wednesday is a stands for UFO Watch Wednesday, mm -hmm. and it was started by the folks at Liminal Earth. Um, so Jeremy Garrett and Bex with uh, Liminal Earth, and basically they were inspired by um, an uh, astrologer, Maislin Kelly, who pointed out that in the work of John Keel, uh, that John Keel had pointed out that a lot of the UFO incidents that he had uh, spoken to people about and documented seemed to take place at 10 p.m. on Wednesday nights. And so they started this sort of just social event, social hangout, where every Wednesday at 10 p.m. your local time, uh, you just kind of pay attention and, and Maybe that means you go outside and look around and see if anything weird happens. Maybe you just kind of see if anything weird in general happens to you at that time. And then they, they encourage you to use the hashtag WUFO to talk about it, to join their live streams that they do, talking about various weird things and, and having guests on. And they're just, they're such creative weirdos. <laughs> and I just can't say enough good things about them. Oh, that's so awesome. Fascinating. Um, have you seen anything? I have not. I have not. You're still looking. <laughs> that's okay. I'm still looking <laughs> to the skies. Yeah. But I will tell you something funny that did happen to me on a Wednesday at 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. A number of months ago when I was still finishing my second book, I would, uh, quite often I would stay late at my library to just keep writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just stay in my office. And so one Wednesday I was leaving at 10 o'clock. The library had already been closed for a couple of hours. And the, uh, as I was walking out, uh, a member of the university police, uh, was coming in to just do their nightly rounds of all the buildings. And we sort of startled each other uh, because they were walking in as I was walking out. And, you know, dark, empty libraries are very spooky places. And um, so I, I introduced myself uh, and we got to talking for a little bit. And the officer told me that her name was Ariel. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't really think anything about it until I got home. And I tuned into the Liminal Earth live stream that you know, was uh, commemorating WUFO, and they were, they were like, okay, does anybody have any experiences with aerial entities? Oh. And I was like, 
I was like, hang on. At basically exactly 10 o'clock tonight, I literally met an aerial entity. And and how random is that name, too? It's <laughs> know, not a popular right? name. Oh, so synchronistic. <laughs> I know. I just love it. <laughs> Tell me there isn't something going on. Come on. Right. Right. <laughs> and, like, I just love the, the whimsy of that mm-hmm. moment. And it's like it doesn't have to mean anything more than just a fun it was just a fun, interesting moment, a little magical moment. Yeah. And we can just appreciate it for that. You know, I, I think sometimes people, uh, and I think it sometimes happens to all of us, you know, can get sort of obsessed with, like, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, to me, it's just sort of like that night, it was just the universe being like, hey, here's a little bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, just consider it just a little nudge, just a a, a, yeah. a, a quiet reminder that, you know, there's yes. more going on. And uh, oh my know, gosh, yes. don't take it too seriously. Yes. But also, yes. you know, it could have been something which I think a lot of people um, struggle with, a lot of people that are more on the skeptical end, like like I have been, um, is that this the things that do happen are, are oftentimes so subtle mm. um, that, that, you know, like, for instance, like, the situation you had with the with the uh the officer coming through like you know Mm. if you hadn't been paying attention it wouldn't have really Mm -hmm. set off any alarm bells or anything later it would have just been an encounter yeah yes exactly and i think that the magic of that moment was really connected to like logging onto and watching the liminal earth people and connecting with that community because if if i hadn't logged in uh, you know, and, and, and watched, I never would have heard them say the phrase aerial entity right. and been reminded. And so to me, it's almost kind of like if I had to put any meaning to that moment, I think it would just be a confirmation that, you know, taking part in the weirdo community is the path, you know, like it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree with you. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about your books. Uh, researching the paranormal. <laughs> this was your first book published in 2020. Yes. Um, yes. What's it about? Oh my goodness. So yeah, researching the paranormal is um, all about highlighting the history of scholarly inquiry into the paranormal. So it highlights the work of people basically from uh, the mid to late 1800s and um, the work that was started at that point and then continues today. And um, it also, it's a, it's a sort of introduction to that topic that highlights the very long history, but the majority of the book is a big annotated bibliography of books, databases, museums, uh, libraries, journal articles, journals where people can find uh, resources on, uh, I broke it down into some um, categories like, you know, near-death experiences, parapsychology, ghost hauntings, which arguably can all sort of be lumped together and and are connected to one another, Mm -hmm. Uh, cryptozoology, um, astrology, uh, all sorts of things. Okay, okay. So it's literally a fantastic resource for somebody who wants to research the paranormal? Start there. Yes. Yes. It's a, yes, it's a giant annotated bibliography. Um, I basically just go sort of topic by topic and say, hey, if you're interested in 
parapsychology, here's a big list of books, here's a big list of journal articles, here's a big list of, you know, um, journals to look at to just help people jumpstart. Like, and I, I hope that what people will do is, I, I hope that the book will inspire them to continue their own research and be inspired by the things that they come across. Right, right. Well, how... How did a, a book like this come to be for you? Like, what, what was really the inspiration? Was there, like, an original event, something like that? Oh, my gosh. I love this question. <laughs> um, okay. So at the end of 2018, uh, I was just in sort of a burnout phase, just personally and professionally. And I remember seeing an email come across uh, a listserv. And it was from uh, my eventual publisher who said that they were accepting proposals for their next round of uh, reference books. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, how great would it be to combine my skills as a librarian and my interest in the paranormal and create this book about resources for the paranormal? And I sent the proposal almost like flippantly like I was not expecting them to to bite I was just like they're just gonna think I'm a weirdo like (laughs) whatever but sure here's my idea blah 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 and they emailed me back and they were like tell us more (laughs) wow and that is the story of how I wrote my first book Yeah, because, oh, wow. And then you kind of, you had to, you know? <laughs> Even if you sent it off flippantly, they're like, yes. You're like, oh, okay. Right? right. I was like, what, what have I done? <laughs> um, but I I think that it really, I like to just be authentic in telling that story because it has taught me, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, just like, shoot your shot. Yeah. Um, and lean, also it's taught me to like lean into my weirdness and I just, I want other people to know that that's how it happened. And, and hopefully it, maybe it inspires someone else to shoot their shot one day. <laughs> you know, like a, a resource guide like that, where you are there, there, there's no gatekeeping whatsoever of this yeah. information. You want others to know yes. it just as much, if not more than yes. you do. Um, yes. that's, that's, that's not common. I gotta say <laughs> how, I, mean, I, yeah. how, how do you, how do you look at that in, in this world, um, when you see it happening, um, in, in, uh, you know, other groups or authors or whatever, they give you just enough information to be entertained, but not to really educate and, and to give you, you know, get, teach you how to fish so to speak. Like how, how do you yeah. look at that, this, that whole aspect of this world? Oh, gosh. Right. Um, that might be a big question. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's okay. It's an important question. I think that, I think that a lot of it is really for me rooted in, in just like my ethos as a librarian. Um, the, the profession, as you can imagine, is very much, you know, anti gatekeeping and, very, very much all about empowering people to get the skills that they need to do their own research. And so, yeah, it is frustrating when I see when I see people gatekeeping for gatekeeping's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like there might be some reasons why you don't 
perhaps like reveal everything or whatever. Um, I don't know. It it is it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and I I think that uh, I like to tell people that you know I'm not the first librarian to talk about these types of things. I'm not the first librarian to even be publishing the types of things that I publish, and that's a good thing. Um, because I think I think so often there's like this attitude of like having to be the first, having mm. to be, you know, original all the time, you know, right. and obviously you don't want to like, you know, steal people's ideas or whatever, but it's like, I want to hear your take on something, even though it's a topic that so many people talk about and that people have talked about for years. Nobody's going to do it like you do it. Nobody's going to put the spin on it like you do. Yeah. Nobody's going to have the perspective and the life experience that you have. So I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear you. Yeah. And just because you're not the first to talk about a certain topic or just because it's perhaps not, you know, you're not the first person to ever do a podcast doesn't mean that your creations are not worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the unique take, any new unique take is uh, so special in this world. Like I, I uh, one of my favorite things is to hear a theory that I've never heard before and be like, oh, yeah. I never thought of it that way. And right. that's, it takes, it takes everyone to do that. Everyone's right. different unique brains to do that. So right. it's awesome. It's like, I never, yeah, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. But because we're all sort of, you know, giving each other a space at the table. Now I am thinking about it that way. And perhaps it's inspiring me to keep thinking about something or, you know, mm -hmm. because like that's the thing we're all constantly inspired every day by the things that we read, the things that we watch, the people that we talk to our life experiences. Um, I mean, nobody's, you know, nobody's siloed completely and influenced by nothing right 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 well um, that's my soapbox <laughs> <laughs> stay up there <laughs> we got we gotta got we gotta talk about the other one so researching the paranormal is uh you know it's a it's it's a big book as far as like the amount of information that you are including in there and then you went and wrote an encyclopedia of parapsychology. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real yes. reference guide and resource. Uh, it, it's it's a behemoth amount of, of information. It's the size of a textbook. I saw you in the video. You're holding it up. It's like 400 pages or something like that. Um, yeah. When you started, did, did you think it was going to end up that way? Did you think it was going to be that much? Um, <laughs> I didn't exactly know what to think. I did not realize that it was going to be the, the size that it was. I mean, I think it's like, you know, bigger than eight and a half by 11. I mean, it's like a coffee table textbook size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was, yeah. I mean, I think that I, I did have a pretty good idea of the, the, the length of it and the content of it, uh, just based on the, the proposal uh, and the detail that I had to sort of work through with my publisher, but yeah, it, it, it like the writing process always sort of, uh, shifts and, and takes on a different life of its own and surprises you. And yeah. Okay. Oh, what kind of, um, information will people find inside? So in the encyclopedia of parapsychology, 
people will find information, biographical sketches about historical figures from the mid-1800s onward, and those are figures who are uh, not just in the United States. I really wanted to be intentional about including people from, you know, uh, internationally, international figures, um, mm -hmm. including women, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, and people who often get overlooked in favor of some of the prominent uh, British and American uh, researchers in the history. But those people are also included because they're important parts of the history of the field. There are also biographical sketches of modern researchers who are continuing the work today. Um, there is also uh, an annotated bibliography that goes decade by decade from the 1870s through the 2020s. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, where I give a sampling of some of the research that has been done in each of those decades. Mm -hmm. um, so you can look up those citations and, and read the summary and then find them for yourselves. Uh, there's also uh, a glossary of terminology, so you can get familiar with the terms uh, used in parapsychological research. And there are a number of appendices that talk about um, some of the journals that you can look up, some of the international research, uh, parapsychological research organizations, and there are even some quick start bibliographies if you're just like, I'm not really sure where to start, just give me like some five resources that jumpstart looking into ghosts, right. looking into ESP. You know, uh, you mentioned it a couple of times, just uh, like that goes into both of these books. Um, you you started or centered around the mid-1800s. Are, um, are, are you of the opinion that like, you know, that the spiritualism movement was a big catalyst for uh, where we are now, where the field has gone? Mm, yeah, I, I do think so. So you do definitely find people uh, who were interested in looking into these topics prior to the mid-1800s. I mean, you got uh, Franz Mesmer, who was in the 1700s, where we get our notion today of mesmerism and then subsequently hypnotism. Um, but what I think really happened with the spiritualism era is that it peaked researchers' interest in wondering if there was anything to this notion of life and consciousness beyond death. Mm. And so I, I really think that the field of parapsychological research would have uh, looked quite a bit different if it weren't for the spiritualism era. Okay. Okay. And a uh, final bit on the encyclopedia, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, we'll uh, run up to closing it out here in just a moment. So Lloyd Arbach gave you a, a pretty nice uh, recommendation, high praise on the back <laughs> of, uh, of the uh, book, recommending it to, to in, anyone, anyone interested in, in just having that, that starting place uh, uh, researching uh, parapsychology in this field. Who would you most recommend get this book? Oh, gosh. Who's going to benefit the most? Yeah, that's. I love this question. I think that the people who will get the most benefit out of it are those who are either uh, completely new to the topic and just 
they're just like, what is this? I, I want to know more. Um, or people who, who know uh, a little bit about it and they, they want to know even more. Um, and people who perhaps are wanting to get, um, you know, a little bit dive in just a little bit deeper and be like, okay, I want to, I want to kickstart or renew my research that I've done and see what else is out there. Because even though my book is, is nearly 400 pages, it is still just, it still just represents a drop in the bucket of the information that is out there on this topic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're it, it's 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 a big old reference resource guide. Great place to start. Um, but yeah, you ain't you ain't kidding. Uh, this this field seems to grow every day. You know, every day I learn yes. something something new I've never heard before. Absolutely. And a whole new rabbit hole to climb down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's just you know the the value and the importance of um, you know research and and inquiry and people writing about their, you know, thoughts and research and, and it's the, the literature is going to continue to, to grow as it, mm -hmm. as it should, as it does. Right, right. Uh, a, a new edition in, uh, in the near future, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Courtney. Um, we are at our final segment here. I got a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Uh, okay. First question, what does the paranormal mean to you? Oh, this is such a good question. Okay. What does the paranormal mean to me? Oh my gosh. Okay. I think a couple of things. Okay. The paranormal to me means a celebration of the other. Um, and also too, the paranormal to me, it, it represents open-minded curiosity um, and it feels very familiar. It's a comfortable place because it it accepts and welcomes that question of what if. Ooh, I love that. All right. <laughs> All right. Who is your idol in this field? Oh, my gosh. My idol. Woo. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I feel like I have so many. Oh, no. um, so Okay. So let me touch on a little bit. So one of my idols is. The, uh, the, the folks, oh, <laughs> just the, the sounds of Salem in the background there. Ambiance. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So uh, definitely I think uh, one of my idols would be uh, Rhea White, the librarian and parapsychological researcher who I uh, wanted to learn more about when I visited Duke University. Um, so many of the other uh, female figures throughout the history of the field, including, you know, Eleanor Sidgwick, um, and just <sighs> Louisa Ryan, so many, just so many others that are, are just like almost too many to list, but I include in my book. <laughs> um, and honestly, just, I, I put this in my acknowledgments, but I, I'll sort of use this as a catch-all um, I, I could not have written my book without the community of supportive people that like surround me. Um, that includes, you know, people in the weirdo community that I've gotten to know mm -hmm. and who have supported me, you know, like the folks at Liminal Earth and just so many others that, that just have been cheerleaders and who have been supportive and who have been excited to see 
um, what's going on, who have offered feedback. I mean, I just, I don't know. I know that probably sounds like a non-answer, but no, it's just... No, no. You know what? It's, <laughs> it's a tough question to answer. I, and I just, I know that because I've been asked that. It's a tough question to answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you can have a different idol for, for all different aspects of it as well. Um, yeah. I think you did well. That was... Uh, <laughs> I accept that answer. <laughs> Great. Thank uh, you. <laughs> all right. Uh, what has been the most convincing aspect or piece of reading? research that you have come across? Oh, all right. I think that some of the near-death research that is out there is so convincing and just so, it's just wild. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like report, yeah, reports of people who, you know, can, can report back what people were saying, um, what was located, you know, up like high up on shelves that they never could have seen in their operating room or the ER. Mm -hmm. Um, I am convinced and I I think many other researchers uh, are that, I mean, we have proven that consciousness in some form Mm -hmm. exists beyond physical bodily death. Right. And, I just think that statement is just, it almost boggles my mind. It's almost too much to even wrap your head around. It is. It is. I, it's I, almost I, too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I would absolutely hands down agree with you. The research that has been done um, and, and the stories that have come back from, you know, the near-death experience um, mm-hmm. and those, you know, the shared death experience and out-of-body yeah. consciousness existing outside yes. of the body and the things that happen that are impossible and uh, you just have to kind of extend that, you know, your, your disbelief to to mm-hmm. to understand that it is possible. We just don't know how yet. And it, it always seems like, you know, science is moving the goalpost as far as yes. what is and is not possible and what is and is not acceptable, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a big old subject. A lot to uh, wrap your brain around. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. One final question for you. Um, this will be a fun one. What is a fact about you most people would be surprised to learn? Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, oh, my God. That people would be surprised? <laughs> or maybe just uh, most people don't know. That most people don't know. It. I don't know if this is, like, shocking or controversial, but I hate birthday cake. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, no. Okay. I don't like it. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's, know, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Hey, you know, uh, su- super uh, uh, controversial, I mean, super controversial. We're talking about it on my TikTok live tonight. I mean, I, you know, it's a debate. Oh God, I I feel like when you're when you're a weirdo and you're you know you're out as a weirdo, it's like the weird thing about me is that I just fucking hate birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, like our weird things are probably like pretty innocuous to most people. <laughs> well, like librarian, uh, paranormal historian, author, and birthday cake hater. Um, where can my audience find and follow you? And where can they get copies of Researching the Paranormal and Encyclopedia of Parapsychology? 
Oh, <laughs> I am most active on Instagram uh, at the moment, and people can find me there at liminal.librarian. And uh, to get a copy of my book, I always love to start by telling people to ask their library to get a copy for them. Um, I think a lot of people forget that you can you can do that, and it saves you money. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if people, you know, want to get a personal copy, they can go to my uh, publisher at roman.com. That's R-O-W-M-A-N.com. And um, just search my name and use the discount code RLF&F3030 um, <laughs> to get 30% off. The sound of uh, children singing in the background, I hope, was really creepy. It, it does sound like a, a, a birthday party happening in the background. Oh, so gosh. watch I hope out. there's no cake. <laughs> yeah. I know. God. Um, but, yeah, go to if, if people want to own a copy um, go, uh, go to my publisher and use that discount code to get you 30% off because it gets you 30% off of the physical books, but it also gets you 30, 30% off of the eBooks as well. Wonderful. All right. Yeah. And, uh, to close us out, would you like to leave us with any final thoughts, advice, or words of wisdom? Oh my gosh. Yes. I just, I always love to remind people that your curiosity is valid and you don't need to qualify your curiosity. Uh, just being interested is good enough. Courtney Block, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you once again to Courtney Block. Knowledge truly is power, dudes. And she's doing an outstanding and admirable job of sharing the gift of knowledge and showing how anyone who craves the education and the know-how can have access to that. It was truly a privilege being able to speak with her and I can't wait to have her back on. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. It's one of the easiest ways you can show support to the shows you love. It brings new listeners and even more outstanding guests to the conversation. And that's exactly what I'd like to do for you guys in the new season. Another very easy way to show your support is to please double check that you are in fact subscribed wherever you are listening with the episode set to download. I recently had to have this conversation with a sibling of mine who was just popping over to Apple and searching my show every time she wanted to listen to the new episode and she just didn't realize the importance that listener download number plays in the whole scope of things. So just wanted to make mention of that while it was on my mind. Uh, we have one episode remaining before we bring yet another season to a close on our season finale. Next week, we're getting skeptical, and then we're getting conclusive, where I'll be announcing our next subject and announcing my winners of this season's oh-so-exclusive and coveted PGP Awards. Not so exclusive and coveted, but a lot of fun to look back and celebrate the subject, the things we've learned and the people we've met along the way. That's a wrap for now. See you guys next week. Stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.